May the words of my mouth and the meditation of all our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. Alleluia, Christ is risen. Man, it sure feels strange saying that to an empty church. And now you may have responded in your pajamas, the Lord is risen indeed, alleluia. Sitting there on your couch, uh, watching this video at home, Cadbury eggs in hand. But I can't see you. On a normal Easter, I like to say that as many times as I can, way more than the liturgy calls for. And that started on my very first ordained Easter. I was the curate at St. John's Parish on John's Island in South Carolina, right outside of Charleston. And I was the celebrant for the 8 o'clock service. And it was packed because it was Easter. But the 8 o'clock service didn't have any music. And so we just kind of ad-libbed and made our own music by saying, Hallelujah, Christ is risen over and over again. And the people joyfully responded every time. The Lord is risen indeed. Hallelujah. Sometimes towards the end, as the more we said it, with laughter. And it was wonderful. And it just, it just kind of stuck. And even as I moved to Birmingham and then here to Jacksonville, every Easter I look forward to proclaiming as loudly and as often as I can, Alleluia, Christ is risen! And it feels kind of empty not to hear you yell back, The Lord is risen indeed. Alleluia. That's how it feels. But let me tell you, The resurrection of Jesus is not dependent upon how we feel. The resurrection of Jesus is not dependent upon all of us gathering together or upon us flowering the cross or singing welcome, happy morning, all of which I love and I miss. But our annual Easter rituals celebrate The actual historic event that happened nearly 2,000 years ago. Now, Easter sure feels different this year. And we can grieve the loss of that celebration. But let us not get confused between the celebratory feelings and the actual historic event of the resurrection itself. Because the coronavirus quarantine cannot change anything about the fact that Jesus stepped out of the tomb on Easter morning. Alleluia. Christ is risen. The Lord is risen indeed. Alleluia. Now, several people have sent me a little thought, uh, not exactly a meme, but uh, a thought that's made its way around social media. And so you may have seen it, too, but I thought I would share it uh, this morning. The very first Easter was not in a crowded church with singing and praising. On the very first Easter, the disciples were locked in their house. It was dangerous for them to go out. They were afraid. They wanted to believe the good news that they heard from the women that Jesus had risen, but it seemed too good to be true. They were living in a time of such despair and such fear. If they left their homes, the lives 
uh, their lives and the lives of their loved ones could be at risk. Could a miracle really have happened? Could life really have won out over death? Alone in their homes, they dared to believe that hope was possible. That God's love was the most powerful of all, even though it didn't quite seem real yet. This year, we might get to experience a taste of what that first Easter was like. Still in our homes, daring to believe that hope is on the horizon. And then after a while, when it is safe for all people, when it is the most loving choice, we will come out, gathering together, singing and shouting the good news that God brings life even out of death and that love always has the final say. This year, we might get the closest taste we have ever had to what that first Easter was like. See, friends, Jesus is just as risen for you and me huddled in our houses as he was for the disciples uh, all those centuries ago huddled in theirs. Jesus' dead body was filled again with his spirit of life. His still heart began to beat. His blood began to flow. His brain began to fire. His color returned. His temperature rose. And he sat up and shook off the shackles of death alive forevermore. He came to defeat sin and death. And he had done what he came to do. He had defeated sin on Friday's cross as the Lamb of God whose sacrifice took away the sin of the world. And now he defeated death as he rose from the grave, promising that whoever lives and believes in him, though you may die, yet shall you live. And certainly we can relate. Maybe this year more than ever to those fearful, bewildered disciples huddled in their homes struggling to accept the reality of everything that was happening around them. For the disciples, they had the grief of the death of their friend and hero. They had the sorrow of their own desertion. And now they had the shock of the women's claim that Jesus had risen. And all that in the midst of the ever-present fear of venturing out and facing persecution or even death. Yet by the resurrection of Jesus, God broke through the disciples' fear and sorrow. He broke through their isolation to make himself known to them, to assure them of his presence, his forgiveness, his love. When the passage from the book of Acts that Lindy Gossage read for us, we have a similar story. Peter is speaking to a man named Cornelius and to Cornelius' family. Now, if we were to go back a little earlier in the chapter, we would see that Cornelius was a Gentile, a Roman officer stationed in the very important port city of Caesarea on the Mediterranean coast. Cornelius and his family faced a different kind of isolation. It was isolation, not exactly the same as the the disciples. He and his family worshipped God, but they were outsiders to the Jews and to the Jewish culture. They were not allowed 
in the local synagogue. They were not permitted to have fellowship even with those who worshipped the God as they did. Sincere though his faith was, he and his family were outsiders. And surely their story was not unique. And yet it is in this interaction between the Apostle Peter and these Gentiles that we see the Holy Spirit break through isolation, broke through the cultural and ethnic and religious barriers to proclaim that the good news of Jesus is good news for everybody. God shows no partiality, says Peter. Jesus lived and died and rose again for all. Rich or poor, young or old, male or female, black, white or brown, from here or from there. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. To the end that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. In fact, this was the event that eventually led to the spread of the gospel throughout all the Gentile world. This was the event that transitioned the proclamation of Jesus as the Jewish Messiah to Jesus as the Messiah for the whole world. And so this was the event that initiated the spread of the gospel that eventually was given to you and to me. God broke through, through the ethnic barriers, through man-made traditions and preconceived notions. And this was incredibly good news for Cornelius and his family. They knew now beyond a shadow of a doubt that because of Jesus' death and resurrection, they were not outsiders with God. That they never had to wonder if they were isolated from Him. In fact, if we read a little further in the book of Acts, the next few verses tell us that the Holy Spirit showed up. And they were all speaking in tongues and praising God. And Peter baptized them all right there. All because the good news of the risen Christ broke through. Their situation was no barrier to the gospel. Jesus died and rose again. And was, it was available to them by faith right where they are within their situation. See, it may not feel like Easter today, because we don't have the usual trappings. But how we feel doesn't have anything to do with whether or not Jesus rose for you. Where we've been or what we've done doesn't have anything to do with whether Jesus rose for you. For us, we may feel a little more like those disciples, huddled behind our doors, fearful, bewildered, struggling to accept the reality of the coronavirus and the quarantine and whatever way it has impacted us, whether physically or mentally or financially or relationally. And yet what is just as true for us as it was for the disciples that Jesus is alive, He is risen. Or we may relate more to Cornelius and to his family. A familiar feeling of being on the outside of faith for any number of reasons. In fact, there may be someone watching who who, who thinks, you know, preacher, I'm actually glad we're home for Easter this year. That means I don't have to pretend. I don't have to hide. I don't have to swallow the guilt. Because if you knew what I had done, preacher, then you wouldn't want me in church. 
Well, I got to tell you, Jesus does know what you've done, and he has risen for you. Hallelujah. Christ is risen. The Lord is risen indeed for you. Hallelujah. The historic fact of Jesus' resurrection declares that there is always hope in front of us, that death will not have the last word. Neither sadness nor loss will have the last word. Isolation, quarantine, financial catastrophe, estrangement, cancer, divorce, guilt, injustice, terrible disappointment, none of it will have the last word over us because Jesus rose from the dead. Just as Jesus broke through death, And broke through the sealed tomb. God breaks through. The risen and living Savior Jesus Christ breaks through. Right where you are. Right where you're hurting or afraid. And because He breaks through. He will also walk with us through. And He will see us through. So happy Easter. Alleluia. Christ is risen. The Lord is risen indeed. Alleluia. Amen.